I'm a fun guy. <laughs> There's nothing balanced about 50% run, 50% pass, because that's 50% stupid. Yeah, no, I'd give a rat's about Twitter. I'm not going to, so quit asking. It's time for the sports pen on ESPN UP and the ESPN UP mobile app. Tanner Hoops with you in studio Monday afternoon. And a special co-host with me today, we have Charles Bell, assistant coach for the Northern Michigan men's basketball team. No stranger to the sports pen, but our <laughs> first time working together. Thanks for being here, Coach. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Tanner. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always fun to get in here and uh, talk some sports. Obviously, uh, I always laugh and say, when the snow hits the ground, we know it's basketball season. <laughs> so uh, that's the beauty of Marquette, man. We we know exactly when we get into this time of year, We uh, the weather changes, our guys are used to it, so excited to be here with you, and uh, let's have a good one. Hey, that means winter's here. You and Bill, of course, come highly recommended, so uh, we're glad that you're with us. Man, yesterday had to be a good day for you, not only the win over Lewis, big-time win, and Isaiah Johnson, career-high 33 points, goes over the 1,000-career point mark. He gets GLIAC Player of the Week earlier this morning. Yep. Not only that. The Bears dialing it. <laughs> That's right, man. I, uh, I I woke up. I had a great Monday. Um, you know, I, I was just looking, and I didn't get to watch the Bears the Bears game. It's funny because Coach, Coach Saul is a Lions yeah. fan. So uh, he happily didn't watch the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we were obviously coaching our game. But I was good to get, get in the uh, locker room, check everything out, see if the Bears had gotten a win. Um, obviously, we, we uh, got a win yesterday. And then uh, – just in general for the program. I mean, our women's program got a win also. So a lot of dubs, so I felt pretty good this morning. Really good weekend for Northern Athletics, especially in the winter sports side of things. What was the reaction when you first saw Bill earlier today? Was it uh, something about the Bears and Lions once you got to work? Well, no, actually, uh, one of the nice things with, with us as a staff, and we've, we've been together from day one, is um, you know after the game yesterday, we knew having a game on Tuesday was going to be a quick turnaround. So mm-hmm. we actually spent some time yesterday kind of recapping the game. Uh, obviously, we talked about how the Bears and Lions went and then began kind of figuring out what we want to do here in this quick 48-hour window before we get ready to play. Mm-hmm. So you look at uh, what you've done. I mean, a really encouraging start to the season. 2-0, and you've got guys. You're, you're getting contributions from pretty deep into the bench. I mean, tell me about the depth that you bring to the table, maybe some of the guys and how they're stepping up and finding new roles. Yeah, um, I thought that, that Saturday's game, uh, coming into the game as a staff and everything, was going to be a challenge uh, knowing that we had two guys that have, have, have been proven starters in the GLIAC and Marcus Mantelski and Miles Howard unavailable. Um, we weren't going to have them for that game. So we knew that that meant that there were going to be four or five guys that probably uh, – couple of them that have never played college basketball before if you talk about some of our red shirts uh as well as a couple of a true freshmen and then guys that even last year played very very minimal roles uh so it was a, it was a game that was pretty nerve-wracking the good news is that at the conclusion the comfort of uh the strength in numbers kind of an aspect i mean our team has has bought into uh, a slogan unity is brotherhood and that it takes every single guy for us to be successful but it's one thing to say that in preseason and to say that leading up to things, and it's another thing to actually see the camaraderie trans, uh, transpire on the court. And I thought that Saturday's game, to your point, is exactly that. We saw a lot of guys that hadn't really played college basketball uh, were able to come out, contribute, defend, and, and do, as we like to say, do their job. And, uh, and so that's really encouraging knowing that 
if we have foul trouble, if we have anything that may come up throughout the course of the season, that uh, we can trust these guys to get out there and, and, and compete. Well, and to your point earlier, you talked about the rivalry between the Bears and Lions, you and Bill, obviously fans of both teams. So <laughs> what I'm hearing from you is that you're not giving him the business for the Bears really destroying the Lions yesterday. Throttle. They, throttle I, I, they did. You know, we, we, uh, it, it, it's one of those where – I'm going to let him, let him enjoy the weekend, you know, as it was, <laughs> minus the Lions aspect. Um, you know, I gave him a little grief last night, of course, but uh, Coach Saul's been a Lions fan all his life. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those where uh, when he comes in uh, and sits down with you and you talk Lions, he's probably the most realistic Lions yeah. fan. He just keeps the expectations right about where they should be. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he was uh, he was not surprised, I guess, by the way it mm -hmm. went and it, it, I told him beforehand that Khalil Mack was going to play because Khalil had been not playing for two games. Mm -hmm. And given that Stafford got sacked so many times the week before, he's like, you know, there's not even a point for me to even check the score. So uh, I'll just let let the talking happen on the field a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm waiting to, to give a little grief to the, the, the Packers side of mm -hmm. our staffs also because, uh, yeah, they're not doing all that well either. You don't have any Vikings fans on the staff, do you? Not on the staff, no. No, we don't. Um, Actually, no, we don't have any Vikings guys, mm. not, not even on the roster. Mm. Um, I mean, I, we, we get Packers are, are the thing. All the, you know, the UP guys is just very, as you're probably learning from being up mm -hmm. here, it's very interesting how Packer heavy it is here in Marquette uh, and in the UP in general. Terry Nash, our second assistant, is from Milwaukee, so he's a mm -hmm. diehard Packer. Uh, Jason Lacks, our athletic trainer, diehard Packer fan. Uh, and then our team, we got a good mix of Bears. We got a lot of guys from the Chicago area. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of Packers. And then the Lions uh, kind of are the other team. So, nope, everybody in this one will only be rooting for the Vikings because it helps the division teams try to catch up. Well, uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about where the Bears are at as far as contending for the division. Like getting Khalil Mack seems to put him over the top. And I like Trubisky. I didn't think he was going to be this good this early, though. I still thought he was a year or two away, but Matt Nagy's bringing out the best in him. Absolutely. I, I was uh, kind of in the same boat, you know, where this team, even before Khalil Mack, I was thinking had an opportunity to be an 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, I knew they were, mm -hmm. were going to improve because they, they spent time in the offseason addressing wide receiver, uh, picked Burton at, at tight end. Uh, in the draft, you know, it took time. They drafted Roquan not knowing they were going to get Khalil Mack. I'm assuming if they knew they were getting Mack, it would have been interesting to see if they still took Roquan Smith. Mm -hmm. um, but Trubisky's growth, I didn't expect him to be like a Jared Goff year two mm -hmm. um, or even like a Wentz where those guys were okay as rookies and, and had that, that, that big, uh, you know, growth in their, in their production. But given Nagy, you knew he was going to be a little bit better. And you also just take into account that he's learning on the job. He he rarely play, he didn't play a lot of college football either. I mean, mm -hmm. he didn't have many starts. I think it was was it nine or ten or something like that. He something didn't like that. he didn't have a lot of starts in college either. Mm -hmm. So him starting last year was really his his chance to learn. So it's it's been it's been exciting to watch. I think he does some really good things. I mean, obviously. When you see Patrick Mahomes and you go, well, we could have had that guy. <laughs> it makes you say something. It makes you a little nervous. But I thought they obviously the Bears targeted him, and in their opinion, they got their guy, and he's he's been proving them right so far. What do you look at as far as the Bears' chances of winning the North? You think they fend off Minnesota? Yeah, well, as a homer, I got to. <laughs> uh, but I, I I do think I think that what 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 helped and is going to help the Bears going forward is. 
Um, the tie is going to hurt Minnesota, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a win away right. uh, more than anything because I don't know if it's going to come down to the losses aspect. It, that that not being able to get a win there hurts. And then losing to the Bills mm-hmm. um, is another one. I, I don't think the Bears have really had the egg loss where, I mean, losing to the Patriots is not a bad loss. No. Um, even losing to the Packers in Green Bay mm-hmm. week one, I was upset because of how they played before the fourth quarter. Right. But that's not a bad loss. And Miami at Miami is still a team over 500. Mm-hmm. That, that's not great, but it's a row. I mean, it's hard to win on the road in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we get the Rams coming up. That'll be, that'll be tough. I have that as a loss. Uh, if we can get this home win over the Vikings, I think we steady the course to sit right at 10-6, and six, which I think mm-hmm. wins the division. Well, and you've got another chance with the Lions in 10 days when Thanksgiving rolls <laughs> around. It does help out that you, that you get to throw them in there one more time pretty early. And, of course, in that week, just the city of Chicago can't wait to play the Packers again at home. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's an exciting time right now. I think Bill and the rest of the coaching staff are probably tuned in right now with veins popping out of their head listening to this, but... They'll let you hear about it when you go back to practice. Oh yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. They will. They'll. Uh, they'll go. You spend an hour, um, and I'll make sure. Not the full hour, but you spend a lot of time giving a lot of Bears <laughs> love. So that's all right, though. We deserve it right now. Well, hey, uh, looking around the NFL, wasn't it a weird day in football yesterday? You had the Saints put up 51 on a Bengals team that had been pretty good defensively coming off a bye. The Browns won by multiple touchdowns. Tennessee just handled the Patriots. It was just a weird day in the NFL. It was. It was very interesting. Um, and, and of course, I didn't get to watch a lot of the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know at the we were able to kind of catch the, the last game. And then, of course, I watched the Sunday night football game, uh, which was which even, even that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if coming into that, people would have expected Dallas to, uh, to fend off Philadelphia, who was in Philly. starting to look like they were coming back around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was interesting, you know. I've been I was listening as I drive in. I'm always got the uh, sports radio on the car, and you know I I thought that the mention that people were having about the Titans game plan being, you know, the Vrabel kind of has an understanding of of the Patriots, mm-hmm. and uh, that 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 was interesting in, in the the chess match that happens between coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they did a really good job of, of 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 doing jamming on the wide receivers and sending corner and safety blitzes. They tried to do a good job of, hey, we're just going to man up and try to get after Brady. Um, you know, the Browns, I said that I, I don't think the Browns are a bad football team. No. I mean, I, I, I they have begun to accumulate talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, can they get it all figured out? I mean, is the Cleveland curse for real, like where you have talent but you just can't win? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they have a talented roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's just the age-old parody in the NFL. I mean, any, you know, any given Sunday, I mean, that's kind of, the, kind of the gig right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, as a Bears fan, but the NFC is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Rams get a lot of love, as they should. But the Saints are unreal. And I know you and I had a little Twitter back. I mean, I, 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 I think Drew Brees is, is – it's crazy for a Hall of Famer to be underappreciated, but I feel like he's underappreciated. Oh, and I don't disagree with you. I think he is underappreciated. You know, he, he's just in my time of you know of being able to watch football and seeing some of the quarterbacks in in, in our generation. Mm-hmm. He's he's a generational talent. That the irony is, teams even up to this point were always 
talking about passing up on him or going to the next guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Chargers, you know, you have all these things where the next guy was supposed to be better. And uh, his longevity, he's he, undersized. He, he beats that stigma. Um, he's extremely accurate. And, and everything that you read and that you hear, and even when they give you those NFL sound bites, he's just so team. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to – I mean, personally, I'm like that. I'm, I'm a loyalty type of guy. Mm-hmm. And I just think that his loyalty to his, to his teammates – and it's just infectious, and I really, I really like watching him play. So that's the kind of guy, from a coaching standpoint, you want quarterback in your team. Personally, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would. <laughs> I'm, I'm always the, 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 the guy where I will take, and if you get both, you're, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. But I'll take the, the no star dog over a five star diva. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's just how I like to approach things. And, and you add that Drew Brees is, is a five star type of talent that has the approach of a guy that feels underrated and that is team, 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 and play hard, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. It, I mean, even earlier in the year, he had the one run scramble. He's eight yards out. He spins off a guy, and I'm like, Drew, don't get killed, man. He's old, and he scores, right? It's like, you know, come on, buddy. But uh, those type of guys, I think, locker rooms rally around mm-hmm. at, at any sport. I mean, you can, from high school, college to pros, if you have those type of, personalities you rally around that and the team elevates because of it and the saints have talent but they have guys that play really really well i think because you want to play for that guy if he's your quarterback if he's your teammate so i'm i'm I'm, yeah i'm throwing a lot of drew Brees praise but i've i've i always uh think that he gets missed in the brady rogers is like Mm -hmm. a no brain like the general consensus Mm -hmm. no brainer brady rogers there's nobody else why are we even talking about anybody else Mm -hmm. and i just think that There are plenty of nights I'd take Drew Brees. Okay. I get. I, I see where you think it. I, I like that. Last thing before we go to break, maybe the most surprising story yesterday in the NFL, I don't know if he was ever here, but Matt Barkley is back, man. 41 <laughs> points against the Jets, the fourth quarterback for Buffalo this year, and he looks like a Hall of Famer. Maybe uh, that's too far, but he looked good. <laughs> Here's what's funny. Matt Barkley played for the Bears once, and he was awful. <laughs> he was so bad. <laughs> so, I mean, it was interesting to see. Um, I mean, like always, it's it's one of those. You, you get so surprised in the NFL just because I think that that sport, in basketball we watch a lot of film. Football is a lot of film, very unique. And when you get a guy that's not started, we see it happen all the time, right? They get that. That first start, second start even, sometimes they can string it together for two or three, mm-hmm. and it, there's no film on them yet. They kind of surprise them. The defense coordinator looks and goes, oh, yummy, yummy. We got a guy back there. We're going to over blitz. We're going to do all these, and he gets them. I mean, the, my Bears did it with Brock Osweiler, right? They're like, oh, the backup's starting. Let's go get him. Pin our ears back, and he dinked and dunked them for a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think that those backups right away, have an opportunity. Now we'll see, you know, a little bit of tape out, but the same thing with uh with, with Fitz Magic. Mm-hmm. Came out the gate on fire, tape got out, teams were able to defend him. I mean it's it's just it's very interesting. So kudos to Barkley. Trust me, I uh I, I won't repeat any things I used to say about him when he was <laughs> under center in the blue and orange, but man, uh, it was it was a good day for him.
Well, how about Fitzmagic? What do you have? 400 yards of passing yesterday. As the team, they generate 500 yards and three points. Three it's about points. as Buccaneers as you can get. It doesn't get more bucks than that, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Charles Bell, assistant men's basketball coach at Northern Michigan University, our co-host for today. We'll take a timeout, come back, and uh, we'll go over the blockbuster NBA trade that happened over the weekend. That's next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at the Jibwa Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Northern Michigan men's basketball assistant coach Charles Belt in studio with us. Blockbuster NBA trade this weekend, Charles. Jimmy Butler is heading over to the east. He is a Philadelphia 76er effective this morning. Got to imagine that the Sixers front office had to be wearing ski masks when they made that trade. That was awful on Minnesota's end. I get that you want Jimmy out of there, but they could have got four first-round picks from Houston and instead they get Covington and Sarich, which, you know, they're fine. They're good role, role guys, but it's hard to think what could have been for four first-round picks. It's, it's one of those where you ask yourself, what, what would have happened? Who's, who's in the meeting in the front office when you're the Timberwolves? Mm-hmm. Because the second Houston offers you the, fir- the, the four first-round picks, and they were staggered every other year, so it would have been 19, 21, 23, 25. Um, and they're still projected to be good mm. here initially. Now, you never know as things could change, but this year's pick probably wouldn't have been all that high. No. Um, someone in there had to believe that sending Jimmy to a contender in the West, they did not want to, one, reward him mm-hmm. with the opportunity of then sticking it in their faces when he gets to come to Minnesota and play against them. And we know the whole storyline of him taking the third stringer and beating the starters and all that crazy stuff. So they didn't want him to be in the West where they'd have to see him four times. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't want to help a West contender. But at the end of the day, the value of draft picks in the NBA, even in comparison to other sports, is through the roof. The NBA draft is so – it's such a necessity because they could have taken those four picks – Package two of them with a person and maybe got an immediate contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, first round draft picks have so much value. I just, I would love to know which guy in the staff said, hey, you know, I know it's for first rounders, but that just doesn't, that's not good enough. We can get better. Is that a Thibodeau move, you think? Oh, <laughs> Tibbs is a stubborn dude. He is a man. stubborn guy. I trust. I know. From his years with the Bulls, you bet. He is a stubborn dude. And, uh, I mean, I I just can't imagine that. But, yeah, I I could see it. I know the the stories are that him and Jimmy had, like, a meeting. And, obviously, that may have gone well from a friendship standpoint, but it did not go well from a I want to stay here. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so, you know, get get out of here, go to the East. And the reality is, I'm guessing the teams that were presenting any opportunities for Jimmy, the the biggest secondary issue is, will Jimmy stay? Mm-hmm. So you couldn't really just say, okay, we'll send him to Orlando or send him anywhere. We're going to really shun him and send him down. 
you have to send him to a place that he gave Philly. That's the other thing, a part of this. He told Philly that, look, I like what you guys got going here, and I want to be here for a couple years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he would have had to give them that security for them to also make this move. Um, but, yeah, block, but, I mean, huge, huge, huge get for Philadelphia. Well, in that sense alone, Philadelphia won the trade. But then you throw in the fact that Justin Patton went over to Philadelphia. I went to college about two hours from where he played his college ball. That dude's so underrated. He can help. He can help coming off the bench. And Philadelphia, I think, is getting a really young, under-the-radar type of guy with Patton. Okay. I mean, I haven't, and it's one of those where I haven't had an opportunity um, to, to really to observe or watch him. Mm-hmm. I always say it's the, the the thing that's interesting when you have the secondary guy in the deal. So even when Cleveland and L.A. made the trade and, and you know, I, the the idea was this Clarkston was, was probably the better piece. Mm-hmm. And Larry Nance ended up being – I mean, it's just a tremendous athlete and plays hard and, and contributed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it'll be very interesting how they decide to utilize. Um, I think that overall now – if you look at Philadelphia, Sarek does take the four away from them because he was a very good four man. It allows them to get back to Ben Simmons really being the point forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I, I could I envision him being the four man, air quotes, but doing most of the ball handling mm-hmm. um, for them. And then again, a team that was really young with a with a I mean just a transcending interior player. Basketball is still a guards league. And at the end of games, down one, down three, whatever it may be, it's very hard if a center is your guy that's got to hit the game winner because you can you can defend that. Mm-hmm. When it's a guard, he's got the ball, he's in space. They now have a guy that if it's a close game, I mean, they're going to give him the ball and say, go win it for us. Well, you brought up the Lakers, and I want to get – to them in a minute but you look over to the east obviously we know the west has superior talent to what the east does but very likely golden state is going to be representing the west in the finals this year the east is much more interesting because right now you have four teams that could legitimately win the east title with philadelphia who certainly raised their chances they were already contender and now they've got to be close to a favorite Toronto, Boston, and then Milwaukee. Any of those four stand out to you? I know it's still early, but any of those four that seem like they could make a run? I, I think that the, the the East is going to be extremely competitive. The 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 West is talent top heavy, of course, mm-hmm. um, but the East has really good depth, and they have unique teams. Again, I mean, there's not obviously Jimmy coming over now adds more star power. Um, Giannis is is a superstar. Kawhi is a superstar. Kyrie, are, like you've got some stars, but these teams of the four you mentioned all have really good depth. Mm-hmm. I think is is something that really stands out about them. Um, the 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 pickup of Jimmy as he gets integrated, I, I mean, I think really moves. I would have had Philly initially as the third best team. I would do. Um, it puts them really close to being in the talk of one. Personally. Even though Milwaukee's off to a, a, a blazing start, I mean, what's so amazing about the Bucks is that the Bucks are viewed as a non three point shooting team coming mm-hmm. in, and they are they they were making what eighteen some threes per game. Mm-hmm. The, the number was just, like astounding, um, and and I don't know can they keep that productivity from the three point lineup because they do with a guy like Giannis. It, how do you defend them now if you can't help off of the shooters to contain his ability to drive the basketball? 
Um, if they continue to shoot like that, they're legitimate, legitimate contenders to win the East. The Celtics still have the eye-popping talent mm-hmm. um, in Kyrie and Tatum and Brown and How and Hayward and Horford. I mean, you just they and then the bench, Rozier, Smart. I mean, you just talk about their depth and just the. They're so talent heavy that I have them still as the favorite in the East. Mm-hmm. Jimmy gives a team that c- Philly's kind of trying to embrace that villain role. Mm-hmm. And when you're a young team, a lot of times you get an identity given to you. And I think that they are trying to set their own narrative. Um, we want to be the bad boys, you know, so Embiid. Always, always stoking the fire, right? I mean, that's just what you – I find it hilarious. Some people it find hilarious. it annoying. I like it. I think it's pretty funny. Um, you know, Ben Simmons even, if you follow, you know, his his social media is always kind of poking. And we all know Jimmy – I didn't used to think Jimmy was like that when he was with no. the Bulls. But clearly he's the great instigator as well. <laughs> so they're going to embrace the, the, you know, a-hole type of approach, right? And, and mm-hmm. sometimes being the villain helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Raptors, I have the Raptors fourth right now. Mm. Not, not, not in terms of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Kyle Lowry. I've never really trusted Kyle Lowry. Not in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But if we're now trying to project, because it's way early, we're making super early predictions. Right. In the postseason, Kyle Lowry has, has laid a lot of duds. He's mm-hmm. been, he's egged it a lot. And, I mean, I don't know, does, does, is Kawhi better than DeMar DeRozan? I believe so. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Lowry's still Kyle Lowry. And Dwayne Casey, obviously, is was a proven really good coach. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Pistons are another team in the East, you know, being here in Michigan, that are, that are on the arrow up right they now are. for the Pistons mm-hmm. um, because of a, a really good coach, too. I, I think he's putting them in a good position. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting when you get playoff time. Does a new coach and a new teammate help a Kyle Lowry kind of get over the burden of, playoff basketball so when i look at the playoff picture i go boston with the trade i'm going philly milwaukee and then and then uh, the raptors which of those four teams if they were to match up against golden state in the finals which of those four has the best shot at knocking them off oh i don't know if they're they're oh god that's that's a good question can any of them knock them off i I don't know i mean that's the thing i don't know if you can beat the warriors four times no but it's, I think it's a two-horse race in the Boston-Philly aspect. From a de- I'm, I'm playing the defense role here. Mm-hmm. With Jimmy, they've now added size, because Jimmy is still 6'7", six, 6'8", six, um, athleticism off the charts, and a one of the top three, five, depending on pick hairs, two-way players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, like, Kawhi and Klay Thompson is another tremendous two-way player. Uh Giannis, great two-way player. Yeah. So I think that Jimmy is a guy that they could ask to try to bother a Kevin Durant type. Ben Simmons, again, is still 6'9". He's got size. Can he bother with his size a Clay Thompson type? And you're going to be asking Joel Embiid to single-handedly protect the paint and on the other end make them playing small with Draymond a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. On paper, that all sounds great. We know how good the Warriors are. Boston is in a very similar boat. They have lengthy defenders. Can Marcus Smart bother Steph Curry? Tatum, can he, with his length, bother Kevin Durant? Brown, can he bother Klay Thompson? And then again, Horford is another guy, stretch, pulls the floor with size, 
can he make it difficult for Draymond? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't throw Gordon Hayward in the D. He's not the best defender. Yeah. And Kyrie, we know, is not the best <laughs> defender. Um, the thing, and not to be long-winded, the thing that's going to be tough, this Warriors team is, is always tremendous. And Boogie is, isn't, I mean, He's just, not even there just yet. wait until you throw that cat. So I, I just, oh, they're so good. They are so good. I don't know if anybody beats them. Last thing before we go to break, the Lakers won last night by one. We got to see LeBron go up against Vince Carter. In my mind, LeBron is 7-0. and The Lakers are 0-6. I mean, that dude is carrying some guys that have talent, and for some reason they can't seem to put it together without him. Yeah, I, I mean, I. It's LeBron is, is one of those, and, and trust me, in our locker room and in our building, I am crowned the LeBron hater, right? They, I mean, that is just a running bid. So you just don't like LeBron. And it's, I, for the record, it is not like I, he's tremendous, right? He's mm-hmm. so talented. You can't, you can't not like him. And then you look at the stuff he does off the court, and it's, it, there's no way you, you don't like that guy. Mm. I always have found that he is one of the hardest guys to have on your team mm-hmm. because you have to construct the team a certain way to a point where when he's not there, for whatever reason, your team isn't any good. No. And we've seen it every single where he, everywhere he's gone, it's like Armageddon when he's gone. So he's at Cleveland in his, in his initial contract before he does the Miami move. And the Cavs have the best record in the NBA two years. He leaves, they get four straight first-round number one overall picks. They're terrible. He goes to Miami really well, obviously. You know, the not one, not two. They still make their run. They win their titles. Mm-hmm. He leaves. Awful. Back to Cleveland. Elevates them, right? They get going. They make the trade, etc. He leaves. They're awful. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it, – he's – you, 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 you concede so much as an organization, not only to get him, but to put – He's the GM. You give him what he wants to the detriment that when he's not around, you can't win. The Lakers aren't built to win. And and even with them, that team is not a team that he likes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that doesn't fit him. Rondo can't shoot. Ball can't shoot. Ingram's hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Kuzma's a really good player. Um, on the interior, I mean, JaVale, I mean, JaVale, man. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors gave JaVale a career again. JaVale would have been out of the league if he didn't go to the Warriors. And I just don't. I mean, I think LeBron's enjoying L.A. right now. Mm. He knows they're not title contenders. Right. He's living his best life. And uh, we'll see if they can get some help in time. I will say this. Josh Hart was one of the biggest steals the Lakers have had in a long time. He might be the second best player on that team night in and night out. And I feel bad for Luke Walton because I think he's such a smart coach and a smart guy but he's going to get run out of L.A. before this all sudden done. Oh, it's going to happen. I mean, that is that is the – if there is one thing that I do, you want to use the word dislike about the LeBron aspect everywhere he's gone. You take all the greats in, in, in NBA basketball, there is a coach that you can assign to them. There's always – because typically that's what happens. Great coaches are formed with great players mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. Great players have great coaches. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a unique marriage – that typically always happens. LeBron has to be one of very few super superstars. I mean, Mount Rushmore of basketball. You can't tell me who his coach is. What coach do you assign to him? Tim Duncan, obviously you're going to assign Pop. 
Jordan has Phil Jackson. Kobe and Shaq have Phil Jackson. I mean, a lot of people will give the Phil Jackson nod there. Steph, Clay, and those guys are going to assign Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you always are able to do this. Pistons, Chuck Daly, yep. Isaiah Thomas. I mean, they, that's what happens when you're a superstar. And it's just very interesting that he doesn't have that. Mm-mm. You know, there's no coach that you can say. I think he likes that. He likes the self-made approach, which without a doubt. But you're, you're 100% spot on. I mean, my man Luke Walton is going to fall on the sword. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the reality of it. And it's going to be sad because I think he's a good basketball mind. Yep. We got Charles Belton studio with us. He's assistant coach at Northern Michigan University, men's basketball. We've got more coming up. We're halfway home on the sports pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP and the ESPN UP app. Don't forget, Pigskin Bay Day's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize. Only to Jibboy Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Charles Belt. He's our guest in studio this afternoon. You're a Monday Night Football guy, Charles. You're going to watch it tonight, even though I know the season started, starting to get a little busy. But And I know tonight's a terrible game, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. You like Monday Night Football? Uh, uh, yeah, for the most part, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's typically the week works out well once we're in season. For Monday night to kind of be the unwind, mm-hmm. um, you know, we begin to look, if you're going just kind of how we calendar our weeks, you begin to start looking at your Thursday, Saturday opponent because we play Thursday, Saturdays for conference. And we really get after it on a Tuesday, Wednesday in prep. So Monday is usually a practice day that's kind of recovery. And for a staff, it's a nice recovery day. So absolutely, I love catching Monday night football. Um, you know, I have a cold one. I relax and uh, kind of gives me that last little exhale before we get ready for uh, to hammer out our week. Well, we get treated to the Giants and the 49ers this evening, which follows a slate of Thursday night games that have just been terrible lately. Oh, the Thursday night game is brutal. Now on the flip, yeah. the Thursday night game has been brutal. Thursday nights have been brutal. Monday night tonight is probably not going to be great either. Now what about this? This is kind of based on something I heard Dan Lebitard talk about. What if there was a loyalty program thing, something like that with the NFL? where in order to watch next week's game between the Chiefs and the Rams on Monday Night Football from Mexico City, which could be the game of the year, you had to watch this one. You had to. You couldn't just have it on. You had to watch and pay attention. There'd be a quiz. You have to get like 80%, <laughs> something like that. Would you do it? Would it be worth it? Uh, yeah, well, you know, to watch next week, yeah. Because it, even bad football in the NFL still has a few moments where it's still pretty, it's still pretty. No, I don't want to say good. That's not the right no. word. It's still watchable, right? You know, and 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 you still have. There's still always talent. There's still always a breakout. And let's let's be real. For the most fans, fantasy football has changed the fact that there are games that you used to just absolutely say that's a dud. I'm not going to watch. Mm-hmm. And you still tune in a little bit. Now, fortunately for me, fantasy's done. I've already won. I don't have any people playing anymore. But. Um, I could see that being another incentive of, of, of tuning in uh, to try to watch. And Saquon Barkley still is exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're pulling my leg and I got to watch because I want to see next week, I'll, I will hang my hat on the fact that, you know what, I'm going to enjoy watching Saquon Barkley get off. 
feel bad for the poor souls whose fantasy points rely on anybody on the Giants or the 49ers tonight. That's not Saquon Barkley. I mean, that George Kittle, too, I guess. He's, yeah. Uh, he's playing pretty well yeah. for San Fran. Yeah, it's, it's – uh, well, I've, I've benched Evan Ingram. I mean, I, 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 too. I had him early in the year. And uh, Greg Olson was hurt, mm-hmm. so in, in in my one league, I had I had to start him, and they're just so awful. I just can't play that guy, um, so I benched him. And you you're you're spot on. I mean, Saquon, fantasy wise, has still been a freak, mm-hmm. despite how bad they're actually. Coach Saul's got Saquon, <laughs> so it's a fun little league. I mean, it's it's basically our staff. So it's mm-hmm. me, Coach Saul, Terry. Who's our winning trainer. that league right now? Uh, I am. You are. That's right. I'm sitting. I, I am sitting on top. Uh, I am at uh, eight and two. I will be, I think, after this week. Pretty good. And uh, yeah, it's the whole staff, um, even our women's assistant uh, Casey and uh, Kristen. They have a joint team. Uh, Mike Lozier, the volleyball coach. So it's just a fun one that we do, so we can have something to banter about in the offices. But um, yeah, yeah, they. That's the only reason to watch it. Fantasy football is the only reason to watch that game tonight. Well, you weren't like me and picked up Des Bryant this week thinking he was going to be a guy that could make an impact with Drew Brees throwing to him, and then all of a sudden it's not even a cup of coffee. That's like a you know just a shot or some yeah. shot of espresso or something. But he's out. Brandon Marshall suddenly has a job again. He gets signed today. Yeah. And then Cooper Cup is out with an Cooper ACL Cooper Cup's team. out. Oh. I mean, I, um, I, I thought just to the Des does Brian thing, in you know, with any player athlete, because of you know we've been athletes around it, never wish ill will on any athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter whether it's like the Le'Veon Bell contracts, whatever. I mean, I think that's one thing that that we do, not not just us, but fans do, is we get emotional to the uniform and the person. We forget that these are still guys that are training immense amount of hours. They're investing so much money in their bodies. I mean, they're doing so much to basically perform at their craft, which is their, which is, is athletics is their job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was happy for him, the person, when I saw that he was going to the saints, I'm thinking like you, Hey, good enough fit, not going to be asked to do too much, catch a few balls, have an opportunity to, to have some playoff success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just felt bad because the, you know, the narrative on social media, uh, you know, karma, that's what you get that, I just don't like that approach. No. You know, I, I don't think that's fair. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really tough for him. Uh, Marshall, who's out now, is back in the mix a little bit. I, I actually own a Brandon Marshall jersey. You know, he All gave right. Chicago some good time. Yes, he did. So, um, you know, I, I always am supportive for him as well. And, and yeah, I mean, injuries are a part of athletics. And, of course, with the contact in football, it's I mean, that's just what happens. Uh, you know, opportunity comes and goes. Talk about Charles Belt, assistant basketball coach, Northern Michigan University. When you talk about Brandon Marshall, I like him a lot. He's probably over the hill and his best days of football are behind him, but he's still got something he can contribute with the Saints. And for one thing, I feel like he was one of the most wasted prime talents in the NFL because he's never even been in a playoff game before. And I'm hoping that changes this year. As long as he stays on New Orleans, it's going to change this year. Yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had tremendous um, productivity throughout his career. Uh, really good numbers. Um, you know, I, even, of course, I got to watch him a lot when he was with the Bears. And, 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 and everybody's got their opinion on, on Cutler. 
But the one thing that Jay did do when it came to Marshall, because they were really, they're those two are really close friends, mm-hmm. he made sure he got him his targets. He was going to force feed the ball to him. Um, Brandon Marshall is a diva. I mean, he is the definition of diva. And uh, it will be very interesting, though, at this point in his career, can he tone it down a little bit on what we just talked about earlier, a team that is the definition of team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even the Kamara week, He's killing it. Ingram comes back there first week. Kamara gets six touches. You didn't hear one ripple about Kamara going, well, wait a second, I'm the horse, this or that. Comes back the following week, plays well. They they do a great team job. And if Brandon can buy into that, at 6'4", 220, he's still a huge possession receiver. And if you need a short, you can throw him the ball. He's a big target, and he can catch it and get down. And can he win a jump ball, Right. With everything else, he's never going to get double covered. He's never going to get even the second corner on the defense out there on him. He's going to have favorable matchups to win some possession balls. And I, I, hopefully for his sake, gives him a chance again to to kind of go out on a, on a higher horse than he was. Before we go to the break, let's look at college hoops. Kansas did not lose this week, but they're no longer the number one team. Duke is, and my only question is, why weren't they the number one team all along? I mean, they've looked like exactly what everyone hyped them up to be. They've got three great freshmen. They look like a well-oiled machine, like the most unbeatable team in college basketball this year. I know we're only about two games in for most teams, but any impressions that stand out to you from the college basketball landscape at the D1 level? Um, yeah, I mean, Duke, Duke is, is, is tremendously loaded. Uh, I always feel like preseason rankings, and um, I know like you even even at our level, every level, right? Preseason rankings are way more a reflection of last year as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very it, it's very difficult to just out the gate had preseason ranked them number one, given that not just the three good freshmen, I mean they're starting four. You know that you got four freshmen out there, including a freshman point guard, which is always a very difficult position to come in and play well as a as a freshman at um, Kansas picking up, you know, Quentin Grimes uh, in their recruiting class, along with all the proven talent coming back, I think was what kind of gave the preseason polls the edge with Azubuki, who's just a a monster. (laughs) He's just a monster. And, um, I mean, even Dietrich Larson, who was proven at Memphis, transfer, had to sit. The depth of, a, uh, I mean, Charlie Moore, who comes off the bench, doesn't even play a lot, was the Pac-12 freshman of the year. I mean, you look at their depth also of veterans um, with their young talent. I could see why they were number one initially. Um, Gonzaga also, a lot of veterans. So I thought the preseason ranks were way more a, a, a nodded hat to being veterans. And then you just watched the way they blew the doors off of Kentucky. And everybody had seen it in their you know, the blue and white games and all that and their exhibition season. But then to see them do it against a ranked opponent, mm-hmm. it, it, it was one of those jaw moments like, okay, yeah, this is this is for real. Um, you know, Zion Williamson isn't just a dunker because I think that was the narrative. Oh, he can only dunk. Uh, R.J. Barrett is phenomenal. Uh, Cam is good. And, and Tyus Jones' younger brother, Trey, is a really, really good point guard. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think people just need to see it, and now that you've seen it, you're like, okay, yep, I I cannot. They're number one. Personally, I still think, you know, I love Kansas. I think Kansas is a really really good team, um, because 
you still have a little bit of veteran leadership, right? I, I, and this is the good and bad to college basketball. Mm-hmm. The schedule is not going to give us an opportunity to see Duke, Kansas, sadly. So now we have to pray against the upset, which everybody loves in March Madness, right? That's what's so funny is we mm-hmm. love the upsets. But nobody wants an upset here on this no. one. I, we want a championship game where Duke plays Kansas. You can see Zion Williamson go in there and dunk on Azubuki. Because that would be two monster titans colliding at the rim. And just see what the heck happens. So, um, I mean, no, the Division One landscape is very, 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 very top-heavy. Uh, the teams at the top are really good. Um, I, I don't know. Right now it's too early. But I, I don't really see just yet on paper um, that kind of push of, of your mid teams that are, that are going to – the Loyolas of the world, right? My, mm-hmm. my boys out of Loyola, Chicago, um, bring back a lot of talent, things like that. I don't; those type of runs, it's hard to sustain. Amazing run, can they do something like that again and knock off some teams like that? I don't know. Uh, but the top, the top, it's really, really good. We got Charles Belt, assistant men's basketball coach at Northern Michigan University, in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk college football when we come back in the sports pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP, the ESPN UP app. Don't forget, Big Skin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibboy Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops joined by Northern Michigan University assistant men's basketball coach Charles Belt as we wrap up the sports pen on this Monday afternoon. Well, we were talking off the air a little bit about college football, and that's what the topic will be for our final segment. Both of our teams still alive in the final four. We wondered uh, prior to the weekend if any of those four would be on upset alert, who would be the most likely to struggle. And the answer was none of them. They all roll. All of them dominate. <laughs> Absolutely. And they look pretty good. If this final four wins out, I mean, they have to be the last four that get in, don't they? There can't be anybody that jumps them. No, no. If you, it, it, It's the age-old control-your-own-destiny aspect. Um, yeah, you, 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 you clean sweep the board. This is a lock, in my opinion. Uh, the... I was talking to it with the with a few people uh, over at Aubrey's on Saturday following our game, uh, because Michigan was Michigan was still playing on the TV. Is the what happens the what if uh, Georgia is the only team I think that could throw a wrinkle in that aspect where if they can beat Bama in the SEC championship mm-hmm. game, it gets really 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 dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, and, and again they're going to be a heavy dog. Um, the only issue is, is, I mean, Tua's knee has been bothering him. Uh, I think that this upcoming week with the Citadel, it's basically a bye week. So, personally, I don't even play him. Play hurts. Um, you know, maybe he plays a, a series or two, but there's no point. You know, get him another week of treatment, get ready for the Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, you got to take down Auburn, who this year, I mean, that's always a tough game because it's a rival. Mm-hmm. Um, but take take down Auburn. And then, yeah, need them healthy for the SEC championship game. But other than that, I think on paper, it's it's there. All the teams are going to be favorite. Um, take care of business, and it, and it's done. Really, it, Alabama has the toughest remaining schedule of the four teams left. But they're the ones that I feel most comfortable about <laughs> winning out. Like they will struggle less than probably the other three, just because they are that dominant. I mean, you've seen a lot of Alabama football over the last few years. 
this could be the best team the Nick Saban's ever had there. I mean, they are a well-oiled machine that doesn't have a weakness. From your time watching Alabama football, where does this team stack up compared to some in the past? Um, I, I'm 100% on board. And if, if people if people around Marquette that see me walk around with the A on my chest know that I'm a big Bama fan. Um, so I, so if you didn't know where, where Tanner was going, you've seen Alabama. That's why. Um, it's the best team because here's the narrative of Alabama football has always been um, they can't recruit quarterbacks. Why would a quarterback want to go there? It's not just they can't recruit them. I mean, it, it's it's still one the it's a perennial program. You get the recruits that you want when you're at that level. Why are quarterbacks not going? Well, it was not really a quarterback friendly scenario from a lot of standpoints. One, very run dominant, extremely extremely defense heavy, and from an offensive creativity standpoint, uh, despite having multiple offensive coordinators. The, 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 the groundwork was, look, run the football, control the clock, let's not get fancy. Um, and that's what I think if you don't watch Bama this year, Bama's not turning around and handing the ball off. Mm-hmm. They're not turning around and play action pass generic. I mean, they are spread. Uh, the, the wideouts are little and quick. I mean, Judy and, and, and Ruggs and Smith are like, they're, they're, they're blazers out there. They're, and so I think that the narrative was always Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. You could argue Tua is the best college football player, not just quarterback right now. And when you have that on the best football team, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. I mean, I, 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 you just think of the wide receivers that have had NFL success that have come from Alabama mm-hmm. that would love to have had their numbers at Alabama with Tua throwing the ball. Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. You think of these guys that would love to have a QB. Okay, let's open it up, drop back, and let this guy throw it to me. Their numbers would be ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, there are video games playing college football right now. We had this go on Twitter yesterday. What would surprise you less if Golden State wins the NBA Finals or Tua wins the Heisman. That's Surpri- not even fair. Surprise me less. Mm. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Tua's going to win the Heisman. He's got to. Yeah, but Golden State's and, probably going to win and, the and NBA Go- Finals. And Golden State, yeah, I, I think that the thing is, here, here's, here's, here's where I, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. is if Tua, and, and Tua's, we were talking off air a little bit about it. I mean, Tua's, Tua's hurting, you know. Um, if he were hurt, like so let's say he's out right now, he still wins it. His body of work mm-hmm. this year and their body of work with him and seeing the comparison of him back there to Jalen because they were always good and still going to the national championship game with Jalen. You see that very similar team, wide receiver minus. If, you're, if you take the wide receiver core, you would say Calvin Ridley better than the wide receiver that they do have now. Now mm-hmm. they have a better core group. Um, the running back, you know, uh, is, is, I mean, Scarborough's gone. You know, so the Harris guys are doing great. Najee and, and, and D are, are doing well. But you see Tua with that team, and you go, he's got to win it. If the Warriors had injuries occur, mm-hmm. they could not win the title. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I guess that's the only way okay. you, throw the, you throw the dice. Good way to look at it. You know, if injuries – if, if Tua gets hurt, he wins Heisman still. Mm-hmm. If KD and Steph go down, we're not saying the Warriors are mm-hmm. locked to win the title anymore. So I and, and that's the that, that's 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 football at the quarterback position where injuries dictate your mm-hmm. 
see Packer fans will know last year, right? Your season yeah. is dictated around the quarterback. Basketball, I mean, you're without two guys. and it, it, I mean, you, you can't. It's hard to compete. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we talked about what would happen if Georgia does beat Alabama in the SEC championship. How far would they fall? I still think they get in, and people up here won't like it, but Michigan's the odd man out. But let's go a little bit further maybe with some of these what-if scenarios. We could say that Clemson loses, and obviously they slide out. Somebody else comes on up, probably Oklahoma if they went out, even though they haven't necessarily been impressive. But I think it would be more interesting to say what if Notre Dame were to be the ones that lose because right now I wonder how much of Michigan's success depends on Notre Dame's success because if it comes down to Notre Dame falling out somewhere, they lose this weekend or USC – and it's Michigan or Oklahoma that's fighting to be the top one-loss team, then you look at who did that one loss come to. For Michigan, losing to an unbeaten Notre Dame team looks a lot better than Oklahoma's loss to Texas right now. But what if Notre Dame doesn't keep that kind of success up? You know, oh, one's yeah, resume yeah, look good. Yeah, for our, yeah, yeah, for our, like, this weekend for us, mm-hmm. at, at this point, when you play a crossover like that, um, I mean, beating both teams, but but even Sunday's win over Lewis, who's who's a tremendous basketball team. Mm-hmm. We're Lewis fans now, right? And that's kind of what it's like for Michigan right now with Notre Dame. But you look at a team like Oklahoma, and they haven't been winning impressively, but they've been winning. So, what would be the case for a team like Oklahoma jumping ahead of Michigan, providing that they both win out, they both win their conference championship games? Would they have a case? Should Notre Dame fall from grace? Um. I, yeah, well, the answer is yes. I mean, they 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 would be able to. Um, I, I I do think that everybody always says in the committee is supposed to not use the quote unquote eye test, right? They're supposed to be going on, you know, quality opponent, quality win, home or road, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, personally, I still think the eye test says Notre Dame is better than Oklahoma. So, and, and what I mean by, and the reason I compare those two is that if Notre Dame is better than Oklahoma, if you're saying, okay, they're better than Oklahoma, mm-hmm. even with a one loss, if Michigan's only loss is to that team, then I'm still going to now, if you're spinning from Michigan's view, say, okay, well, wait a second. Our one loss is still to a team that's better than, than, than Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We got, we, that's not, that's not a bad loss, mm-hmm. even though they may have had a last week stumble. Um, so I, I I think again it it you'd have to have a lot of stuff now if Michigan loses you know drops the Ohio State game then then they're out right you know what I mean it, it's it's over um, if Notre Dame and Michigan lose then you get a full blown shuffle and you roll the dice on what on what's going to happen mm-hmm. I think Clemson's locked to win just because they don't play anybody no they don't I mean they they they're a, they're a lock and then and and yeah I mean. Bama, the rivalry game is always a rivalry, but they they should roll Auburn, and and they should beat Georgia handily. Mm-hmm. But Georgia's, I mean, it's, it's a proven football team that defends and and mucks up the game, and they still have Fromm, who's a stud, and you just never know. You know, it could be a, it could be a coin flip last minute, something well happens. You know, the Bama loss to Auburn, where he returns the the missed field goal for a touch, something crazy could happen. Mm-hmm. And if, if Georgia is able to pull that off, I think hold everybody's status quo. For the fans of college football that want to see this thing go to eight teams, you're rooting for Georgia to beat Alabama 
and for if you have no individual team interest, mm-hmm. and for everybody else to win, because now Bama's in no matter what. I mean, I've, I've been telling everybody that. I mean that that you one loss, especially in the SEC championship game, their only loss is that they're in. Mm-hmm. You then say this team beat the greatest football team this year, right? Like the team that everybody's going is un. You can't beat them. Mm-hmm. They did. And they're only a one-loss team to LSU was playing tremendous on the road. They're, I think you got to put them in. Yeah. So now Clemson, who's two, you're not going to – I mean, they're in. Michigan or Notre Dame is out. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, those are two extremely passionate fan bases, not just for their teams but on, like, social media and all mm-hmm. that. It's an eruption from whichever fan base doesn't get in because the argument will be, well, Michigan's the Big Ten champ. How do you not let the Big Ten champion in? Notre Dame's argument will be, we're undefeated. Yeah, they beat Michigan. We, we beat Michigan. Yeah. We're undefeated. We're number three. How, how, how did we not? If Michigan gets in and they don't, well, well, well heads up doesn't matter. No. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think so the Big Ten championship doesn't matter and heads up doesn't matter. What, what's the argument? Well, now you move to eight because your five power conferences get it runs like NCAA basketball. Mm-hmm. Those are your automatic bid. You win your conference, SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, so Oklahoma now, mm-hmm. again, all good. ACC, SEC, boom, you're in. And then you have three at-large bids. And you just run it, whoever, that's your one-loss, two-loss team. Last year probably would have been UCF. Central Florida. That's what I was going to say. It probably would have been them. Um, you know, that that's, that's how it's going to get to a point where I think everyone's quote-unquote happy. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's be real, we don't want to go to 16. I mean, no. the, the, the ninth and 10th team aren't that good. <laughs> That's just the reality. They're not. They're not good enough to win the title. Right. So there's no point in throwing them in and having them play the one seed. You're just adding games for these kids to play. Mm-hmm. But they play in these bowl games anyway. You go to eight. You're adding one more additional game, or you go to six, and you do the five powers and one at large bid, mm-hmm. and you get a buy. So one at team one and two get a buy. Now they get the rest. That's the bin, that's the you know complement of being one or two, and the other four duke it out. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I like that style. Again, the committee's not going to go for it until they're pressed to yes. keep Alabama in it. So that's that's going to be the thing. Absolutely, and and it almost happened last year. Mm-hmm. But then Wisconsin got beat. Yeah. If Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, Bama would it would have been the Big Ten argument. Does mm-hmm. the Big Ten champion not get in, even though you looked and you said Alabama should be in this playoff? And it could have started last year. Wisconsin drops that game. Dropped it hand handily, and boom, it was easy right away. The committee's like, yes, Bama's in. Here we go. Or Ohio State laying an egg at Iowa last November. Right, yep, mm-hmm. yep. They've they don't always, do that, they're in. They've always gotten help. So right now, the committee standpoint, everybody went out. We're done. We're set. We're good. Georgia throws a wrinkle in it. I do think, in your opinion, that even if Notre Dame takes one loss on the chin the last game of the year, mm-hmm. But Michigan wins the Big Ten. I don't think anybody jumps. I think you still the four is still good. Um, it creates stuff for us to talk about, but mm-hmm. I think they're still good. And then, of course, if Clemson loses because they played nobody, out. And if Michigan loses because it's a two-loss now, out. Yeah. Well, uh, we're out of time, but we talked about Oklahoma. I do want to say this before we sign off. That Bedlam game, doesn't it seem like they play the same game every year with Oklahoma State? It's always a shootout in the 40s and 50s, and then comes down to last possession. You cannot watch the game and know exactly how it goes as long as you follow on Twitter. I mean, seriously, it, 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 it is insert repeat here. 
<laughs> so you are right about that, man. Charles Belt, assistant men's basketball coach in Northern Michigan, our guest on Headset today. Thanks so much for coming in, Charles. It was a lot of fun. Let's do it again here soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It was great. Uh, we turn it over to the Will Kane Show. We're back on tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UPF.